What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Miller. So in this episode, I'm going to preview the week six slate of the NFL season. The Chiefs beat the Broncos on Thursday Night Football. I didn't get to preview that game, unfortunately. And then also the London game that just happened, the Ravens beat the Titans in London. Didn't get to preview that game either, but the Ravens picking up a win in the Chiefs, picking up a win on Thursday Night Football, and then the Ravens this morning. Now I'm going to preview the rest of the slate for week six. I'll start off with the 49ers at the Browns. Just as I was getting ready to record this, I just saw that the 49ers and the Browns had a pregame scuffle a few minutes ago. And I was going to have the Browns keeping it close in this game. And I thought they'd lose maybe, let's say, by a field goal late in the game. I thought it'd be low scoring. But after the scuffle, there's something that changed my prediction to big, bold take. And I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns winning this game in an upset win. And it sounds crazy to say it, especially with Deshaun Watson not being there. P.J. Walker will be starting for Cleveland today. Three touchdowns and three interceptions last season and five starts for Carolina. He will be starting today over Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was the original starter for them when Deshaun Watson was out a few weeks ago. Deshaun Watson will be out today. And then they also don't have Nick Chubb, so it's tough to really pick the Browns to win this game. The offense will rely heavily on Jerome Ford. They're starting running back with Nick Chubb being out. And then Amari Cooper. Cooper was a very underrated receiver. I was never really a big fan of him in years past, but I watched him play a lot this year. And I've become a fan of him. He's a better player than I ever really gave him credit for. So I think he has to be a guy that steps up for them today. The 49ers are one of two still undefeated teams in the NFL. No one's giving them a chance against Cleveland today without Deshaun Watson being there. And if I look at it, the Cleveland defense is great. And I think they can make it hard on Brock Purdy. I'm going to go with the Cleveland Browns winning this one 24-20 with a couple sacks from Miles Garrett. He has five and a half sacks on the year, and he's a guy that can disrupt the game with a big play, maybe a strip sack, and maybe the Browns return of a touchdown. They're probably going to need a defensive touchdown in this game to win it, considering their offense is probably going to struggle with P.J. Walker at the helm. But if he can find a way to try to limit his turnovers, maybe have a touchdown in the game, and maybe they get a defensive score, they could win an ugly game, I'm thinking, 24-20, 17-14, something along the lines of that. Next up, we have the Commanders at the Falcons. The Commanders are coming off three straight losses. They are now 2-3 and three on the year after starting 2-0. and oh. They lost in their last game on Thursday Night Football to the Chicago Bears. The Commanders' offensive line needs to be better. They need to give Sam Howell time to throw. He's been sacked 29 times this season in five games and is on pace to be sacked 99 times in 17 games, which would break the NFL record. The Falcons are 3-2 and two on the season. They are the home team today. Desmond Ritter is 5-0 and oh in the NFL in his career at home. Also, has never lost a game at home in college at Cincinnati, so he's been undefeated between the NFL and college at home. At home in the NFL, he has five touchdown passes to one interception. As for Sam Howell on the season, he has a similar stat line to what I thought he would have. I predicted around a stat line, I think it was like 25 touchdowns and 13 to 14 picks. And I think if you look at his stat line, six touchdowns to six interceptions so far, I think he's on pace for that. I think he's a big game today with three touchdown passes, but I think Atlanta's the better team. I'm going to go with Atlanta winning this one and a very close one, 24-23, with a touchdown score from Brian Robinson in this game. Next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are 2-3 and three on the season, coming off a huge win last week over the Arizona Cardinals, a game where Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase finally connected and had a big week. Burrow was 36-46 passing with three passing touchdowns in an interception. Jamar Chase was unreal, 15 catches, 192 yards, and three touchdowns. He has always opened like he said, I guess, so he wasn't wrong about that statement. And they will also have T. Higgins back in their lineup today, so I do favor that Bengals offense. The Seahawks are coming off a bye week, though, and in their last game, they won against the Giants in Monday Night Football two weeks ago now, which I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're as good as the way the Giants made them look in that Monday Night Football game. The Giants have been really making a lot of teams look great this season, considering how poor the Giants' offensive line is. 
But I think Seattle's a little bit overrated. Still a good team. We'll be right there when the playoffs do roll around, I'm sure, whether they're in the playoffs by a game or a game out. I had them missing the playoffs by a game in my prediction. I'll probably still stay around that. I, I think they'll still miss the playoffs by a game. I'm going to stay with that prediction. But I think Cincinnati continues the hot streak today, and I think they win the game 31-27 behind a touchdown catch from Jamal Chase. Next up, we have the Colts at the Jaguars. No Anthony Richardson at quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts. He is out with a shoulder injury. He will be out for the next four to six weeks. So it'll be Gardner Minshew under center for them today and for the foreseeable future. The Jaguars are coming off two wins in a row in London over Atlanta and Buffalo. Jacksonville has found a way to really get their team back on track after a slow start. They gave up just 20 points on defense last week to Josh Allen and the Bills offense, which is very impressive. I think they find a way to pick off Gardner Minshew today, force him to make a bad play or two. And I think at the end of the day, if you look at this Jaguars team, I think they're a lot better then the record shows a 3-2. and two. Travis Etienne had a great game last week. 136 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns, and four catches of 48 yards in the air. I think he continues that hot streak today. Trevor Lawrence will get things going, I think, as well. I still trust in them to win this division. I think Jacksonville wins this game 27-23 with a touchdown run by Travis Etienne. I think the defense needs to step up today. They've struggled in years past against Indianapolis for some reason. They need to find a way to force God Dimitri to make a mistake or two. On the season, he has two touchdown passes to no picks in five games. They need to find a way to force him to make a mistake today. Next up, we have the Panthers at the Dolphins. The Panthers are heavy underdogs in this game, and obviously, they're going to be underdogs going up against any team considering they're 0-5 on the season, but when you're going up against a team like the Miami Dolphins, a team that has the most electrifying offense in the NFL, it's very understandable why people are considering them heavy long shots in this game. Bryce Young has struggled heavily on the year. A lot of people are calling him a bust after just five games in the NFL, but I think if you look at his numbers, five touchdowns, four picks, with 188 passing yards per game, they don't really stand out, obviously, if you look at those numbers, but I think he's better than what the stats have shown. He's only five games into his NFL career. He's a horrible offensive line in front of him. Not really a great receiving core in front of him either besides Adam Dewin. He's been sacked 12 times on the season. I think he'll be fine. I think he'll adjust. But that offensive line doesn't do him any favors. And I know a lot of people are looking at him as a bust after just five games in the NFL. I think he'll figure things out. I still think CJ Shaw's a better quarterback. But I think Bryce Young is better than what people are giving credit for right now. He's a young quarterback. He's going to develop. You make mistakes when you start out in the NFL, especially as a rookie. Jumping from Alabama, where you had all the time in the world to throw, especially with those track star receivers there. And then now, when you jump to the NFL... You don't have time to throw, and you don't have the same receiving core, and obviously the time in front of you that you did when you were at Alabama. I think he'll be fine. I think it'll be a tough game for them today, though, against the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins' offense is elite. Tua Tagovailoa has had an MVP campaign through the first five weeks of the season. 11 passing touchdowns and five interceptions on the air, with 323 passing yards per game, which is most in the NFL. They will not have Devon Achan, which is a tough loss for them. But considering they have Raheem Mostert in the backfield, Jeff Wilson hopefully coming back next week, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, that's a tough offense to stop. I think they'll be fine. I think Miami wins this one 31-21, and my touchdown scorer of the game will be Tyreek Hill. Next up, we have the Vikings at the Bears. I picked the Bears to win each of the last two games they played in. They were 1-1 one one in those two games. Today, I think Justin Fields stays hot. I predicted a big game from him in each of the last two weeks he's played in, and I think he has another big game today. He had 282 yards in the air last week versus Washington. He also had four passing touchdowns in that game, and then two weeks ago versus Denver, he had 335 passing yards, four touchdowns, and an interception. They are two weaker defenses, considering you're going up against Washington and Denver. But I have trust in Justin Fields. He looks a lot more comfortable throwing the ball over the last two weeks. And I think if you look at his numbers over the last two weeks, obviously those do stand out. But I think if you're watching the games, he has made a couple mistakes. The boneheaded plays are still there sometimes with him. But he's still adjusting. Doesn't really have a good offensive line. The offensive line is very poor in front of him. The Bears offensive line, I still think, is holding him back and holding that offense back. And he also doesn't really have much around him as a team. I mean, the Bears are still tanking to get a high draft pick. 
I think if you give Justin Fields a time to throw, maybe fix that offensive line over the next year or so, I think he could be a good quarterback in the NFL. And I think he's looked a lot better over the last two weeks, looks a lot more comfortable passing the ball, and I don't think the last two weeks is just a fluke for him. I think if you look at those numbers and then look at him playing, he looks a lot better and a lot more comfortable and has made a lot better decisions over the last few weeks. We'll see if that hot streak can continue today. I think he'll have another big game. As for the Vikings, they will be without Justin Jefferson. He's out for the next four games at least with a hamstring injury. I expect KJ Osborne to step up and get more reps at wide receiver. I don't know if Justin Jefferson is going to come back. If you look at this Vikings team, they're 1-4 in the season. And by the time he comes back, they could easily be 2-6, whatever it may be. Two wins, six losses, seven losses, whenever he comes back. So I expect him to be out at least these four games, obviously. And then I think he could miss even more time than that to maybe take his time coming back, considering this team may be well out of the playoffs by the time he could return. I think the Bears win this game today, 24-20, behind two touchdown passes from Justin Fields. Next up, we have the Saints at the Texans. The Saints are coming off a 34-0 win last week at Foxborough over the Patriots. A game that really went their way on offense and defense. They made things hot on Mac Jones, who finished the game 12-22 of passing with 110 passing yards, two interceptions, and a fumble lost. One of those interceptions was returned for a touchdown. They had great pressure on Mac Jones all game. CJ Stroud still has yet to throw a pick on the season. He just broke Dak Prescott's record of most pass attempts to begin a career without an interception in the NFL. 177 pass attempts for Stroud in his career with no interceptions. He's been very impressive on the year, but I do think that changes today. Since the Saints defense is very good, they find a way to force you to make a mistake. They did that to Mac Jones last week, as we saw, as I said, one of those being returned for a touchdown. I think CJ Stroud will have a good game today. 285 yards, two passing touchdowns, and a pick. I think Houston wins this game, though, 31-21. Next up, we have the Eagles at the Jets. The Eagles will be without stud defensive lineman Jalen Carter and also will be without starting cornerback Darius Slay. The Jets have some injuries as well. Two starting cornerbacks are out for them in Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed. Two big losses to them in their secondary. I expect a big game in the year by Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith, and A.J. Brown. The Jets are coming off a great win last week over Denver, 31-21. A game that wasn't really the best game for Zach Wilson. He had a great game two weeks ago against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football. Then last week against Denver, 19-26 passing. 199 yards in an interception with three carries to 26 yards on the ground. I'd root for Zach Wilson to do well, especially after all the criticism he's gotten over the last couple years. But I think if you look at that Eagles defense... They're really good. They find ways to make you make mistakes. They're 5-0 for a reason heading into this week. And then if you look at that Eagles offense, they're going to find a way to put points on the board, especially with Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed out. They're going to be throwing the ball deep. They need to get Devontae Smith going. He's been very quiet since A.J. Brown complained about not being targeted a few weeks ago, whether it was three or four weeks ago now. Devontae Smith's been quiet. So I think he will have a big game today. I think the Eagles win this one 30-20. And as I mentioned already, the Eagles defense is great, and the Jets offense is going to need to score two or three touchdowns at least in this game to try to stay in it. I think that's going to be a lot for them. I think they'll end the game with probably around two touchdowns and a couple field goals. And the Eagles win this game 30 to 20 behind a touchdown from Devontae Smith. Next up, we have the Lions at the Bucks. The Lions are 4 and 1 on the year. The Bucks are 3 and 1. They found a way to exceed my expectations on the season. I wasn't very high on them or Baker Mayfield heading into the year. And they found a way to be 3-1 and one and be competitive now heading into Week 6. Baker Mayfield has a better than I thought he would be. 246 passing yards, 3 touchdowns, in interception in his last game played versus the Saints. Baker on the season, 7 touchdowns and 2 interceptions. He will have Mike Evans back today, which is huge for that receiving core. The Lions have been strong in offense all year behind Jared Goff, who's been balling this season with 9 touchdowns and 3 interceptions. The Lions defense has been playing very well as well. They're coming off a 42-24 win over Carolina last week. I think this game will be a close one. I think the Bucs win this one on a last-second field goal. Give me the Bucs winning this one 28-27, and my touchdown scorer is Chris Godwin.
Next up, we have the Patriots at the Raiders. Mac Jones is officially on the hot seat after a rough last two games. Malik Cunningham was signed to the active roster a couple days ago. We'll see if he gets a chance to play in today's game. I would imagine they still turn to Bailey Zappi before him. I don't think Zappi's the answer at quarterback, though. He did not look good in garbage time this season, and he also struggled in the preseason. And I think if you look at his success last year, which a lot of people like to talk about, him leading the Patriots to two wins last season in the regular season when Mac Jones was out, but that came against two bad defenses, and he also had low expectations stepping in for Mac Jones. When you're a backup quarterback, there aren't really high expectations around you, especially when you're a rookie backup quarterback like Zappi was. So I think he was succeeding last season with low expectations around him. That's why a lot of the fans began to love him, considering they had low expectations for him. And then when he stepped in and got them two wins, a lot of them really cling to that. So I don't really think he's the answer quarterback for them. As for Mac Jones, he has struggled in his last two games. A 56% completion percentage, four interceptions, including two pick sixes. He has had a pick six in back-to-back weeks. He has two fumbles lost over the last two games, including one of them being returned for a touchdown a couple weeks ago. And he's been sacked three times over the last two games. And in those two weeks, he had a passer rating under 40 in each of those two games. I don't know if it's truly Mac Jones' fault, though. The Patriots have a bunch of wide receiver threes. They don't really have any wide receiver ones or twos on their team. I mean, the best receiver is probably Kendrick Bourne. He's a wide receiver three in my eyes. The same goes with Juju Smith-Schuster at this point in his career. And the same goes with Devontae Parker. They don't really have a great receiver to throw to. That makes it a lot easier on a quarterback. And then if you look at the Patriots' offensive line, it's very poor. And then if you look at the other aspect of it, with the fans completely turning on Mac Jones and definitely have made it harder on him, he's lost his confidence completely, I think Mac Jones is in a lose-lose situation here. And Bill Belichick, he's at fault as well in my eyes. He suffered the two worst losses of his career in back-to-back weeks. Devin outscored 72-3 over the last two games. So it seems like his time as New England is dwindling in my eyes. I think it's dwindling. I don't think Robert Kraft would make a big move mid-season and fire him. But I think at the end of the season, there could be a mutual parting of ways. I think that would be the best option for this franchise, the way things currently stand, and if things continue to go downhill for them. I think they would never fire him mid-season, considering how much success he's brought to the franchise. They'd see it as a disrespectful move, firing him mid-season. And also, I don't know if you really get anywhere by firing him mid-season. So I think the best option would just be to wait to the end of the season, and then try to find a way to mutually part ways with them then. The Raiders are coming off a Monday Night Football win last week over Green Bay. Max Crosby is a game record. He had a big game last week against Green Bay. A sack, four tackles for a loss, and a quarterback hit. He has five sacks on the season. Jacoby Myers had a great game in Monday Night Football as well. Former Patriot. Looked great last week. Seven catches of 75 yards and a touchdown. Not really sure why the Patriots let him leave in free agency. I think it would have been the best decision for them to bring him back considering he was their best receiver. And then if you look at it, they also have former Patriots quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo as a starter in Vegas. So they have a former Patriot at wide receiver. And then they also have Josh McDaniels, former Patriots offense coordinator, as their head coach. So it's a reunion for a lot of guys on both sides. Jimmy Garoppolo in that game on Monday night had 208 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. I think Mac Jones is in a tough situation considering the fans have completely lost hope in him. And I think if you look at that situation around him, the offensive line is very poor. The receivers aren't great at all. He's in a lose-lose situation. And I think the Raiders win today's game. I think it might be another tough week for Mac Jones, especially on Boston Sports Radio. I don't think Mac Jones is the main issue here. That offensive line in the receiving core doesn't set up any quarterback for success. I think the Raiders win today's game. They're 24-13, and I give Devontae Adams the nod for the touchdown score in today's game. Next up, we have the Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams finally got Cooper Cup back last week. Eight catches, 118 yards in his return. Looked like he didn't miss a step. He was completely in sync with Matt Stafford, as he always was in years past when healthy. Puka Nakua has been great as well for that receiving core. 46 catches. 572 yards and two touchdowns. The Cardinals are 1-4 on the season, but they do play hard for the new head coach and Jonathan Gannon. 
They will not have James Conner, though. He will be placed on the IR and miss the next few games. Josh Dobbs on the season, a quarterback for them, has 980 passing yards, six touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's been a lot better than people have expected. I think the Rams win today's game, though. I'm going to go Rams winning this one, 27-20, behind a touchdown from Cooper Cup. Then in the Sunday night football game, it is the Giants at the Bills. The Giants have a ton of injuries going into this game. They will be without Daniel Jones, their starting quarterback. He's out with a neck injury. He missed five games in 2021 with a neck injury. So obviously it's concerning. You obviously don't want to go out there with a neck injury considering how poor that offensive line is and obviously how severe a neck injury can be. You wouldn't want to put him in Hum's way and put him out there, especially considering he's been sacked 28 times in the season, which is second most in the NFL. And then the Bills also lead the NFL in sacks with 21, so it would be a recipe for disaster for Daniel Jones if he played. I don't want him to further his neck injury considering how poor that offensive line is, and I don't want him to risk his long-term health on and off the field considering the Giants are already 1-4 and four on the year, and this would be an uphill battle whether he played or not, and the offensive line is atrocious. It's not a Daniel Jones in my eyes. It's more on the offensive line and the Giants feeling him. But I think it's for the better that he does sit out tonight's game just to let his neck heal. And maybe we'll see if he gets back. I think he'll probably miss a couple games, though. That would be my guess. You don't want to throw him out there with that offensive line, especially with Andrew Thomas being out for another week. That offensive line is going to have probably another bad night tonight. I wouldn't want to put him in harm's way and further that neck injury anymore. As for the Giants' injuries besides Daniel Jones, Evan Neal is questionable for tonight's game with an ankle injury. Looks like they will have Justin Pugh on the offensive line starting, probably in a guard position. They just signed him a few weeks ago, so that might be an upgrade on the offensive line considering how poor we've looked. Doesn't really hurt to try new guys at this point. They will be without Senna John Michael Schmidt. He'll be out with a shoulder injury in tonight's game. They also will not have Matt Pert in tonight's game. He's out with a shoulder injury. And they will have no Andrew Thomas, who is out with a hamstring injury. Saquon Barkley will be a game-time decision for tonight's game with an ankle injury. I think he probably will play, but I think it will be unlimited snaps. Since the offensive line is so brutal, and it will be an uphill battle no matter who plays for this Giants team, I think Saquon is going to be unlimited snaps, probably on a pitch count. And as for what this Giants offensive line could do to try to improve, I think it might be time to move Evan Neal to the inside as a god. Maybe when Andrew Thomas comes back, maybe the Giants figure something out and try to move Evan Neal inside. He played as a left guard at Alabama as a freshman in 2019. He has some experience doing that. I think it might be time to do that considering how poor he's looked at right tackle on the season. The Giants also placed Aziz Ojolari on the IR with an ankle injury. He will be out for the next four games at least. And then Darren Waller is questionable for tonight's game with a groin injury. And obviously without Daniel Jones, it's going to be an uphill battle. That offensive line is very poor. Starting for the Giants, a quarterback will be journeyman quarterback Tyrod Taylor. If he has a good game, I'm sure every Daniel Jones hater will be happy and use it as a time to rip Daniel Jones and say how poor he's looked and how he's been holding us back. But I really think it doesn't matter who is that quarterback for this Giants team. With how bad this offensive line has been, I don't think it really matters who your quarterback is. The Bills do have a ton of injuries. Cornerback Trey White is out for the season with a torn Achilles. And they also are without Matt Milano, who got hurt last week. He needs surgery on his leg. He'll be placed on the IR. They do have Vaughn Miller back, though, and have a great pass rush and defensive line in Ed Oliver and Leonard Floyd. The Giants' offensive line will have their hands full trying to stop those guys. And as for the Bills' offense, Josh Allen has improved since the first game of the year versus the New York Jets. A game he really struggled in. He's been better since then, though, on the season. 11 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. James Cook has been great in the backfield. The Giants have to find a way to slow down him and also slow down Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs. Diggs can really take over a game and make things hot on you. If the Giants want to be in this game, they need to get pressure on Josh Allen. They need to force at least two turnovers in this game if they want to be in it. They need a big game from Kayvon Thibodeau, a guy that's really woken up over the last few games and has been big for that pass rush. They need him to have a big game tonight under the bright lights of Sunday Night Football. He has four sacks on the season, matching his total from his rookie year last year in nine less games. He has the same amount of sacks from last season to this season in nine less games this year. So they need a big game from him. The Giants' schedule has been very tough to start the season. 
This is their fourth night game of the first six of the year. So four primetime games in the first six games of the season. And they've played really good teams in all of those games on primetime TV. You had Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, and Buffalo all on primetime TV. Well, after this week, Buffalo's this week. And then if you look at it, they also had to play Miami last week. So this season, they've played four primetime games in the first six games of the season versus Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, and Buffalo. And in those first six games of the season, they've played five top 10 teams in Dallas, San Francisco, Seattle, Miami, and Buffalo. It's very hard to play that tough of a schedule to begin the season. And I've not completely given up on this Giants team. After this week's over, they have the Commanders, Jets, and Raiders. Three winnable games for them. Still a lot of season left to go. They obviously have a lot of holes to figure out. But I've been the king of wishful thinking for this Giants team. I still believe they can try to figure things out. There's still a long season left to go. It feels like that Andrew Thomas and Saquon injury, though, early in the season, really derailed the offense in the season. But I think they can still figure things out. After this week's over, they have the Commanders, Jets, and Raiders. Three winnable games. I think tonight's game will be a little bit closer than people giving the Giants credit for. Hopefully, Tyrod Taylor has some time to throw. That offensive line is very poor, so he's probably going to be running for his life a good amount of the game. The Giants do have Wander Robinson, I believe, playing in tonight's game. I think he was questionable, but I think he will be playing. And then, obviously, Darren Waller will be playing as well, and hopefully, Saquon Barkley. So, hopefully, this offense can find a way to put some points on the board. I think it'll be a little bit closer than people giving this Giants team credit for. I don't think it'll be a blowout like most people are thinking. I think Buffalo wins this game 27-17 with a score late in the game to make it a two-possession game. My touchdown score of the game is Wander Robinson for the Giants. Hopefully, he has a big game, and hopefully, Tyrod Taylor has some time to throw. So now I'm going to move on and talk about the last game of the Week 6 slate of the NFL season. And we have the Cowboys at the Chargers on Monday Night Football. Dallas is coming off a 42-10 blowout last week to San Francisco. A tough loss for that offense. A game that Dak Prescott didn't look good at all. He really struggled. A 58% completion percentage. 153 passing yards, a touchdown, and three interceptions. The Chargers are 2-2 two two on the season, coming off a bye week, so it obviously helps, and they are getting a little bit more healthy. They have Austin Eckler back in their backfield, which is huge. Two very good offenses, though, going at it in this game, both averaging around 27 points per game, which is 7th and 8th best in the NFL. Dallas' defense is allowing 16 points per game, which is 7th best in the NFL, and they're also allowing 292 yards per game on defense, which is 6th best in the NFL, so Dallas' defense is very good. As for the Chargers' defense, it's not very good. 404 yards per game allowed on defense, which is 31st in the NFL. And they've also allowed 26 points per game on defense, which is 24th in the NFL. Justin Herbert has been pretty good to start the season, though. A 71% completion percentage, 7 touchdowns to 1 pick. He's done a lot better this season with Kellen Moore as his OC. That's obviously been a big difference maker for them, especially play calling-wise. I think Dallas is the better team, though. I think they bounce back in this game. I think Dallas wins this game 34-23 Monday Night Football. Behind a touchdown from Brandon Cooks in this one. A guy has been slow to start the season, but I think he catches a touchdown in tomorrow's game. I think Dallas is better than what they showed last week against San Francisco. I think they bounce back in this game with a big win. And watch out for Micah Parsons. He's a guy that can really disrupt a game. Didn't really do much last week in that game against San Francisco. I think he'll be hungry to have a big game in this game against the Chargers. I think the Cowboys leave this week with a win 34-23 over the Chargers. Anyways, it will conclude this episode. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. I hope you guys have a good one, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Thank you.